This is the Gopher Pup Live Podcast, episode number 38, recorded Tuesday, March 12, 2013. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live Podcast. Along with Hammy and Vigo, I am your host, Jupiter. Well, boys, the WCHA has ended, and we've got co-champs, we've got uh, some surprises here and there, but all that matters is that uh, the Gophers got a top two seed, and what's nice on the side is that we've got a share of the McNaughton Cup. Uh, Hammy, your initial thoughts? Well, it kind of played out exactly as we had hoped. Uh, you know, got the... I mean, of course, we wanted to win it outright, but, you know, at a minimum, we wanted to get a tie for the cup and certainly get this number two seed. So I think all in all, you can't really complain about how the weekend went. And the guys, you know, they played a little bit iffy on Friday, but they, um, you know, still got the win and recovered on Saturday and played pretty well. That uh, Friday win, uh, Vigo, you know, got behind on the road. They didn't panic. Uh, Hall has a great tying goal, and then uh, we get the power play towards the end and actually capitalized. Uh, it was a nice comeback from, you know, in the past, something we might not have seen. Yeah, I think this team has shown some good resiliency in the third period all season. They've they've played tough games even when they've been down, and they've battled in the close games. And I think, you know, this is a team that probably got a little lucky to get a share of the cup, but they're they're in great shape as the playoffs are coming up. If you happen to be hearing us on the GPL portal page, you know, please feel free to tweet us any questions if you want, and uh, we will try to get to them. You know, it's something different we're doing this week, so that uh, anyone who goes to the portal page will hear us live as we're recording. So, if you have any questions, just send us uh, via Twitter. All right, boys. Well, let's get to that Friday game a little more specifically. Obviously, uh, a little tighter than we thought. Gophers take a couple penalties. Um, that didn't lead to goals, but, you know, the delayed calls led to two goals and a couple little breakdowns here and there. I know, Hammy, uh, uh, you, you get a little frustrated at times, you know, people covering what, and you guys had some back and forth on Twitter about uh, Mr. Shea, but, uh, you know, what do you think Friday night besides, you know, hey, it was, they were resilient. I mean, Hall, great play to tie the game with a great pass from Michelson, you know. Anybody, can anybody stop uh, Bukestead from the side on the power play? A lot of things kind of came together there, huh, Viggs? Well, yeah, I think the power play has, has been really effective all season when they can get set up. I think their their problems have been when they've had trouble gaining the zone, and they were able to do that against Bemidji. And I think uh, one of the things that was frustrating on Friday night was uh, the puck possession just wasn't there. Uh, you didn't see guys quite battling and putting in the, the shifts to, to win the pucks along the wall and win the 50-50 battles, and uh, that's why the game was close. I think they, they gave away the puck too much, and they ended up uh, having to dump and change and, and start in their own zone a lot. And one thing you say there is puck possession, because the only line that I saw have any effect really in good offensive zone control was the Saratory Hall-Michelson line. I mean, you know, at times, in fact, they did this all weekend, but at times, you know, they weren't always scoring, but they really had good puck control in the offensive zone. Yeah, I think you're seeing actually one of the same things happen with the Wild right now is when their fourth line gets that good puck possession, you know, your top lines can start out in the offensive zone, and that's that's such a big win for your team is when you don't have to spend the first 30 seconds of your shift 
trying to break out of your own zone every time. And I think that's really helping them. Okay, Hammy, your thoughts on Friday night? Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that okay. uh, discussion on uh, that line. I, you know, for me, those are the kinds of teams that that line needs to really kind of come to the forefront because you know that they're going to try to clamp down on the top lines really hard. And, um, you know, you kind of think that a grinded out line should be relatively successful against a team that doesn't have quite the depth and plays grinded out in their own way. So, you know, I really like how Michelson's been playing. Uh, he's really, um, you know, kind of impressed me in, in recent uh, weeks. And, and I like how Hull has certainly has played real well and accepted his role. And so that's been great. And, you know, you kind of have to tip your hat to Bukestad. I mean, he kind of raised his game a bit this weekend. I mean, he did get shut down on some breakaways and everything, but, you know, he really kind of um, helped the team win, you know. I mean, and that's kind of what you expect from your star player, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Definitely that Saturday night game. He got stymied a couple times on quite a few opportunities, but um, Saturday's game was much better. They seemed to close down those little gaps and the neutral zone movement that uh, Bemidji had, and they shut him down to one goal, which is uh, exactly what Lucia is looking for at this time of year. And Lucia is also looking for his players like Bukestad, Haula. It's time for them to step up and be the best they can be. And uh, you can't really ask for more. 5-1, 5-1 win Saturday night. They get a share of the McNaughton, and uh, everything's going well, huh, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, they really kind of came out, you know, pretty well on fire that night. I mean, 23 shots in the second period. I mean, they really, you know, kind of took it took, took over that game. And uh, certainly it was great to see. You know, I really like the fact that, you know, even though he's made some mistakes, Budish, you know, he's been really kind of more of, um, you know, resilience around the, the blue paint, you know, and, and kind of wreaking a little bit of havoc. You know, and he's got to do that, you know, to with his size and, um, Bukestad and those guys, you know, having some success. So it's, it, it is a nice sign. You, you kind of have to put it in a little bit of perspective that it's not like where we're playing a top 10, you know, talent, and, you know, in, far, in terms of an opponent. So that, there's a little bit of that involved, but uh, it's certainly a nice sign heading into playoffs. Well, as uh, would happen, uh, the Gophers win Saturday night and St. Cloud State loses to Wisconsin which means they share the title this year in the regular season. And they share the McNaughton Cup. Uh, we all know we didn't really share it this weekend because the boys already had it up there in Bemidji, which just really ticked off the St. Cloud State fans. But uh, we're here to let the St. Cloud State fans know that this was St. Cloud's choice. They didn't want the cup brought to them to Wisconsin. They've said this. That's what happened you got to quit your whining because we don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, Lucia had uh, Grandpa Tony bring the cup up just in case. They had a private little celebration in the, in the Bemidji locker room. It's not like they carried around in Bemidji ice. Uh, so St. Cloud fans, calm down. Everything's okay. It's not as bad as you seem. You'll get all your chance to hoist it and carry it around next weekend for the first and the last time. Well, I mean, I think the the thing that, you know, for me is interesting is that St. Cloud's, the coaches and all that, they were kind of in a tough spot because, you know, they don't want to go into the last weekend essentially saying, well, you know, we want the cup here. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And so you're kind of, 
you don't want the players to know anything. And so I, I can see why they would want to do it in front of the home crowd and all that kind of stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. You, don't want, you want to keep the players' minds on the games in front of them. And, and they are, even though they won a share of the league title, they're sort of still in that bubble range as far as NCAAs go. And so they, they need to win games. And so I could see why they would do that. But I thought it was funny that you know their fans freaked out so much. And the reality in the end is that it was their own – administration who made that decision it just sometimes goes to show that you need to keep your mouth shut and get all the facts a little bit first before you go running off at the mouth well it probably didn't help that we were egging them on as well well probably not (laughs) then we were definitely having fun with them saturday night you know tweeting out all these pictures that were coming out of the locker room and obviously we were kind of poking a little fun with them with on our little live broadcast we had saturday night so uh, I think we kind of contributed to it a little bit, but we would have only done that if if they were whining, and there was a lot of whining. Man, there's no doubt about that. What do you think, Viggs? You think Minnesota should have kept it low down low on that and not brought the cup up there? Well, you know, if I'm St. Cloud, I probably would want to have the cup in the building, you know, if if I could. But I understand, you know, they want to celebrate on home ice, and and St. Cloud does need all the wins they can get. I mean, they're tenth in the pairwise, and uh, a pair of wins over Anchorage this weekend isn't going to help them. So they they really need to bear down and focus on the next uh, two weeks here, and they need to have a good effort to make sure they're in the NCAA's. And that's one thing that's kind of tricky about the pairwise at this time of year. Um, they try not to penalize you for playing those lower end teams, which is a good thing. But boy, if you lose to any one of these teams, it can really, really hurt you. And like you said, they are right on the edge right now. Anything bad happens to them, they're not going to make the tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, you know, they're in what a three-way tie in their pairwise right now, Correct. ten through twelve. So I mean, you know, they're. You know, and you always have to be leery because you just don't know, with, especially with the non-conference, you know, record that they have. You know, you just don't know what one bad loss is going to do to you. And uh, all it takes is one bad weekend, and you might be sitting. I mean, I don't expect them to lose two games to Anchorage, but if some kind of unbelievable upset like that did happen, I mean, they'd pretty much well be screwed at that point. So, um, you know, they can't take any nights off uh, at this point. Well, let's take a look at what got us to this final weekend. Um, We had Colorado College heading up to Michigan Tech last weekend and splitting with Tech. Um, You got anything on that, Vigo? I mean, you know, they lost 2 nothing the first night, you know, and they came back 4-3 to the next night. uh, CC did. Uh, What are your thoughts on that series? Well, you know, Tech's been playing pretty competitive hockey this year. I mean, they're not quite doing as well as they did last year, but they do have eight wins this year. And uh, I know Phoenix Coldplay was coming off an injury, and as well as their their uh, young guy played on Friday, they wanted to get him back in there Saturday because I think they want him um, playing at North Dakota this weekend. So I think they just they uh, maybe took a couple licks there because of that decision, but hopefully they uh, go up to North Dakota and, and play well this weekend. Any thoughts on that series, Hammy? I mean, nothing too specific. I mean, it's kind of what we expected. I, You know, you thought it would be a, a, a split. I'm a little surprised at how many shots that St. Cloud gave up, particularly that second night. I mean, 46 shots on goal. I mean, that just shows you that they're probably struggling pretty mightily on, on defense on some level. And, uh, um, you know, I know we'll talk about the upcoming series, but I think that Tech, you know, is going to be feisty. We saw how they were last year against us. So I'm sure that that won't be a pushover series for North Dakota. 
we have Nebraska-Omaha getting swept by Duluth. I mean, the first night, you know, Nebraska-Omaha came out quick, and they let Duluth back into it, and, you know, <laughs> about midway through that game, it was over. Duluth comes back, wins, and then blows them out six zip Saturday night. Hammy, it's just like we thought. Nebraska-Omaha in a dive right now. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can really say other than it's just been a real major pattern the last few years under Blaze. Um, their team just for some reason loses its game, and and you know that lasts you know handful of you know month or six weeks you know, left in the season, and they just go down the toilet, and it doesn't look like it's going to be any different this year. You kind of have to wonder, you know, if there's something going on with uh, you know team chemistry. Maybe it's a uh, our good old boy Ryan Walters, uh, you know, I know they give him uh, a lot of credit for their success, but uh, you know, I'm just I'm joking about that. But I'm, you know, you just never know what's going to be leading to all the problems, and uh, certainly they've had them in recent years. One thing, uh, Vigo, is that uh, Duluth tends to play against pretty well against teams like this. You know, the less I should say defensive teams. You know, the Duluth plays well against you know us and UNO and and North Dakotas and St. Clouds. So were you really surprised with that result this past weekend? Well, I think Hammy and I both called sweeps for the Bulldogs against Omaha, so I don't think we were surprised so much. Six-zip, though, uh, was a surprise. Yeah, six-zip is a surprise. And I I was reading that Blaze really laid into his team Saturday morning about not playing well and taking stupid penalties, and then they go out on Saturday night, and uh, Duluth scores five power play goals. I mean, they basically just handed away that game. and They took two, two five-minute majors, didn't they? They kind of gooed yeah. it up. Yeah, that, that just screams lost locker room for Blades. I mean, you know, if you go and you lay into your team and, and they go out and do the opposite of what you told them to do, uh, that's just not a good situation for, for him or the players. Is Blaze in trouble, guys? No, or do you think he's got a couple more years to work it out? Uh, the way that Alberts seems to lick his boots, I highly doubt that he's in any trouble. Um, plus, you know, they're trying to – What I'm assuming they're still trying to get that new rank and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think that it's important for them to have somebody that's going to kind of push that and has a name, you know, in the community and whatever. And, you know, bringing a new guy probably wouldn't help the cause. So I doubt, you know – given his background that he's in any danger in that sense. But nonetheless, you know, I, I have to totally agree. You have to wonder if the locker room has just been lost on some level because they're not responding. And I don't know if it's Blaze's message and the way he delivers it is just sort of uh, maybe that old school way just isn't working with these guys or what it is, but something's just not clicking there. And uh, they're definitely in a major tailspin. Denver hosted Anchorage last weekend, seven one and six one victories. Is there much we can really say about that? Uh, not really. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> well, one thing that's strange though is that uh, with Denver winning, caused a three way tie for the WCHA uh, with them and uh, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota State. The strange thing is, you know, with a three way tie. Wisconsin gets the four seed, Denver gets the fifth seed, Mankato gets the sixth seed. If they would have just tied or lost to Anchorage uh, one of the times this weekend, it would have flipped. It would have moved Mankato up to four, Wisconsin five, and Denver six. So I, it was all kind of strange how that worked out. It seems like Mankato kind of got screwed the most with the, with the tiebreaker. What do you think? <laughs> 
The only the only thing though is that they get Omaha now. That is true. Is a, who just is in a total tailspin, and I think out of those teams, you might want to play Omaha the most. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, I think they they were better than a sixth place team. But uh, I think you're right. They get Omaha, and Omaha is just going down the tube. So it might be a good thing for them. Yeah, and honestly, I think that you know, looking at it from a Denver perspective, it's almost like you're playing your biggest rival. You know, and you know that a lot of times you can throw the records out. You know, even though Denver's clearly the better team from CC, you know, you get those rivalry series, and you just don't know what's going to happen. And so that's not exactly the most advantageous situation for. Uh, Denver to be in, despite the fact they're the better team. Finally, we had North Dakota splitting with Minnesota State. And boy, you know, both are close games. Obviously, you know, North Dakota pulls out a 4-3 victory Friday night. And then Saturday night uh, goes to overtime. North Dakota is completely dominating the overtime, working that goalie Wilson all over the place. There's a stoppage. Uh, Hackstall takes a timeout. And all of a sudden, after the timeout, it's all Mankato. They hit a post, and then right after that, they finish them off in overtime. Uh, you guys kind of were saying a little split, uh, so it turned out the way you did, but it must have been an exciting series, huh, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, you know, it sounded like the goalies both played very well. I know, uh, I think Gothberg got uh, Defensive Player of the Week, so he must have had a real good week, and Williams has played, you know, good all year long, so you, you kind of expect that, and um, you know, Mankato is going to be a tough out, and, and uh, you know, I think that obviously they have a good first-round matchup like we talked about, and I think that uh, that's going to be, you know, if it turns, if all the seeds, you know, hold true, I mean, that's going to be a tough game for North Dakota um, at the X, you know, that, that Thursday night game. That would be, I believe that would be those two teams matching up if they both advance and everybody yep. went as is. So, yep. I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's going to be a repeat probably of this, um, this particular last weekend, it's probably going to be close and certainly hard fought. And, uh, you know, Mankato's not going to be a pushover. So that'll be, if that happens to ha- you know, occur, that'll be interesting. What are your thoughts on that series, Vigo? Well, I think one of the interesting thing was uh, Mankato outshot uh, North Dakota both nights. And I think on Friday night it was 40 to 20. And so Mankato's playing some pretty good hockey right now. And if that's the matchup on Thursday night, that's a good reason to get down to the X. Well, before that happens, obviously, we've got some stuff going on this week. Uh, before we get to that, we had one question from uh, Gopher Puck. Uh, obviously, we've got a Connor Riley who's been out all year. Will he leap up and be a top six forward next year? I guess a lot of that just really depends yeah, on I, if, you know, how many guys leave. Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the key. I mean, I, I have no idea you know, how it's going to all shake out. I mean, so far down the road, but I certainly believe that eventually he's going to be that kind of player, but it really just, you know, you don't know how a guy's going to recover from knee. I mean, he's had not just one, but two knee injuries, you know, that he's had to recover from just in the last, you know, year plus. And who knows how he comes back from that, hopefully a hundred percent and maybe not quite like an Adrian Peterson, like comeback, but you know, pretty strong. And, um, but you just never know. And I think that he's got the kind of skill, um, to be that kind of kid, but they have some real good recruits coming in, so it, it's just it's hard to predict. Any thoughts on uh, Connor Riley there, uh, Vigo? 
Just that uh, the preseason, Don Lucia was talking about he was the one freshman he thought would come in and make the impact this year. So, you know, they have a a very high opinion of him. They definitely do. Hey, if you listen to us live, just tweet us your questions, you know, at GopherPuckLive or even at HammyHockey or at EVGo. We'll we'll all see it and we'll try to get to those questions. So now we've got – the whole weekend is set for this weekend for the WCHA playoffs. We've got Nebraska-Omaha heading to Mankato, Duluth to Wisconsin. Obviously, we've got Bemidji coming here. Michigan Tech to North Dakota, Anchorage to St. Cloud, and CC at Denver. Let's start there, guys. CC at Denver. Obviously, it's favored. Denver should be favored, but, boy, I think this game could easily – or this series could easily go to three and would not shock me. If CC comes out of this, what do you think, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said earlier, it's hard to really predict these kinds of rivalry series. You just don't know what you're going to get. Uh, certainly on paper, Denver should be taking the series, but I would not be at all shocked if it goes to three games. Um, and, you know, Denver's, what are you going to really take out of that series uh, against Anchorage? Nothing really. And, and uh, you know, they played the Gophers pretty tight. Uh, for the most part, when they were in town. So, you know, they're seeming to play solid hockey, but I, I think it's going to go to three games, and I think that uh, Denver will come out on top in the end. Vigo, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm just going to be boring. It's going to be three games, and Denver's going to come out on top. I think Denver's got the depth. Um, I know that they don't have many uh, extra extra passengers on that team, but, you know, the guys they do have play hard, and, and we saw a good effort from them at Mariucci, and, you know, I think they're playing good hockey right now, so I think they get by in three games. I'm going to go with CC in three, just to be different. I, th- I think, you know, I think Denver's so inconsistent this year, you just never know what's going to happen, so I'll go with CC. And CC, CC can score goals. I mean, they've shown that. It's just yeah. their problem is they've been letting too many pucks in their own net. So we'll they'll have give themselves a chance. Uh, do you guys see uh, Anchorage doing anything at St. Cloud, Vigo? Can they get uh, out of there? Can they get a victory? Can anything happen, or is it just sweep? I think it's a quick two-game sweep. Uh, Anchorage is kind of, you know, cashed it in, I think, and they're they're ready to look forward to spring and longer <laughs> days ahead in Anchorage. <laughs> I think I would agree with that. What do you think, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a sweep. It won't surprise me. I mean, we've kind of see it, seen it with Anchorage over the years when we've played them. You know, it seems like they have that one game in them where they'll give you some fits and they'll make it, you know, make you sweat it a little bit. But uh, I think that St. Cloud has too much talent, and, uh, you know, I think they'll come out on top in two games. All right. Let's go to well, – what do we got here? Michigan Tech at North Dakota. Obviously, in Michigan Tech, uh, plays well this time of year. Uh, they might play North Dakota tough, but I just I don't see them uh, coming out of there or even getting a win. What do you think, Cammy? Yeah, it's you know it's pretty tough to predict on that one. I think that uh, you know they haven't been exactly playing lights out. I mean, they did you know take one in uh, St. Cloud and they did beat CC this last weekend. So it's not like they haven't had any quality wins at all or somewhat quality wins so and they have the kind of offense that you know I mean they're improved offensively so they could give them a you know a a bit of a run in that sense and uh, I know that uh, they did not play well 
against uh, North Dakota earlier in the year. So, I mean, I think that uh, more than likely it's going to be a two-game sweep for uh, North Dakota. What do you think, Viggs? Sweep for the who? I do think the who are going to come through with a sweep. Um, I've, I've liked Tech all year. I think they've underachieved a little bit. I think just getting the draw going to North Dakota is just so brutal. I mean, finishing one place higher would get you into a series where you'd have a chance to, to win a game and maybe have a chance to make something happen. But it's going to be tough to go up to the Ralph and get any get any wins. Duluth heads to Madison to take on the Badgers. Uh, we talked to a uh, drunk hockey guy this weekend, and that was the team he didn't want to play the most. You know, they're tough defensively. It, uh, it's tough for them to keep up with them. But, you know, I put that poll up to see who do you think is going to get upset on the GPL main page. And 37% think if anyone gets upset, it's going to be Wisconsin, and Duluth's going to take them out. Hammy, uh, you get a, anyone? Get a, either you or Vigo. Either you're going to pick an upset with us. Well, I mean, it, they did play early in the year. Granted, in Duluth, and Duluth did take three out of four points. So, I mean, or excuse me, uh, Wisconsin took three out of four, um, and it was a tight series. And you know, I don't know. It's it's really tough to predict because you know Duluth has the kind of offense. You know, they've done enough recently, particularly on the power play, where. Um, you know, if they get a few, and Wisconsin's not exactly the greatest offensive team in the world, it, you know, their margin for error is pretty small at Wisconsin. So you just don't know for sure if they have an off night or two. It, it, you know, it could be Duluth. And um, But it, I'll take drunk hockey guy's word for it as far as how the matchup goes for them and his wine because he's obviously seen the Bulldogs a lot more than I have. So, um, I, But I am going to pick it in three. I think that Duluth will take one of the games. What do you think, Vigo? Duluth have a chance here? I think Duluth does have a very good chance. I mean, they've done a very good job of generating offense all season and outshooting most of their opponents. And, you know, they've been playing their best hockey at the right time of the year. Uh, Sandlin, after the Gopher series, thought, you know, maybe his team had, had found a little bit of the right recipe for how to win games. And they've come out and won some in a row, a couple in a row here. So I think they're going to go to Wisconsin and, and win it in a three-game series. Well, I'd certainly rather see the Duluth fans at the Final Five than the Wisconsin fans. Oh, wait, the Wisconsin fans never show up, so I guess it doesn't matter. So, All right, we've got – oh, boy, here. Well, we got that 6-7 series, guys. Nebraska-Omaha heading to Minnesota State. Nebraska on a dive. Minnesota State going up. Of course it's going to be a sweep. Right, Hammy? I, I would predict that. I mean, I don't really see, you know, if they're going to have problems with Duluth, you know, and I don't think there's any doubt that Mankato is a better team this year than Duluth. I, it would shock me if uh, if they managed to win a game in, in Mankato, especially with uh, their goaltending playing so well with Williams. So I, I'm definitely going to go with the uh, Mankato sweep in that series. What do you think, Viggs? A sweep? I think a sweep, and I'd be shocked if either game's even close in the third Ooh. period. I, I think Mankato is just going to be up, you know, by by two or three goals every every game. Will uh, Nebraska goon it up like they did last weekend? Uh, not if they have any prayer of wanting to win a game. You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they'll happen on Saturday if it's out of you know if they're just completely out of it. I mean, maybe they'll lose control, but maybe they'll you know go off with a whimper. Who knows? And this would uh, – was this uh, Nebraska's third or fourth year in the WCHA? Uh, it's at least three. 
I think uh, wasn't I don't know. I think it's wasn't Gensel's first year there, like their could first be. year. Could be. Uh, yet they have never made a final five. Huh. So uh, history this, repeating. This is their last chance to make a final five and participate because uh, obviously they're leaving along with a bunch of other teams. So. If you think about that, I mean, think how many people really would have predicted that, you know what I mean, with Blaze as coach and, you know, their fans, granted, you know, they've hyped up their coaching staff over the years and th- look mm. at what it's ended up happening. I mean, they haven't not lived up to that at all. So that it's, you know. Well, they were upset both years. Well, that's what the I'm first saying. I mean, they, were top, they were top six, weren't they? I know BSU took them out one year. What, did BSU take them out two years in a row? Or uh, I know I, it was at least I, one of the years. And uh, they were favored both times. They're at home ice, and uh, boy, they just don't make definitely, it. Yeah, definitely been a disappointment in that sense. So this is their last shot, and uh, I'll be surprised if they, you know, even take one game on Mankato. Of course, you know what's going to happen now. They're probably going to upset them. We'll see them in the final five. But well, they certainly have nothing to lose at this point. I mean, they're not going to be in the NCAA's, and no. so they'll probably play a little desperate. So. They need to win to get in. Yeah. So. All right, guys, that brings us to Bemidji State again. Uh, boy, I want to say sweep, but, boy, it just seems like the last few years we just seem to love to go to that third game no matter who we're playing. Hammy, will it happen this year? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I don't like playing a team that many times in a row just because, you know, they have that familiarity. They've, they're have they feeling more, com- more comfortable with your game and, and what you bring to the table. So, you know, it usually makes it, you know, the more times you play, and a lot of times it's it can be tougher, I think, on a team that's the uh, better team simply because the other team doesn't necessarily, I don't want to say fear the other team, but they just feel a lot more comfortable playing them. So I'm a little... That's the one part that's a little sketchy, and you know that uh, Saratori's going to have them ready to play, and they'll play hard-nosed, and I think that certainly the Gophers can't look at this last weekend and feel like it's just a given that they're going to you know, take two games. So hopefully it's going to be drilled into their heads this week that um, you know they have to play hard and kind of take the same kind of attitude we did last weekend. And I know some of the guys are taking finals or they're, they're taking some kinds of tests right now, and I – and so hopefully they're not going to be mentally tired from some of that stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So do you think it's a sweep or do you think they will go to three? Uh, I think it'll be a sweep, but I think uh, it's going to definitely be a hard fought series. Okay. Okay. Vigo, what are your thoughts? I think I see a couple tight games coming up here as well. I, I think the one thing that's in the Gophers' favor is they're moving from the smaller rink to the bigger rink. And I think when you're playing a team like Bemidji who – you know, can slow the game down and limit the shots and, and, you know, force you to play a tough game. You know, the the bigger ice is definitely going to help the Gophers this weekend, but I still do see a sweep coming. I just think that the power play is clicking pretty well. They've they've overcome some issues they've had of gaining the zone, and, you know, they've got a, a third, fourth line that's starting to click a little bit, and, and that's going to pay dividends for them in the playoffs. Okay. Well, we you guys have pretty much – Pick the top six teams to make the final five. But if you had to hedge your bets, it sounds like maybe Duluth over Wisconsin. Anyone else in there that you think could oh, maybe get knocked out? I mean, just, I did pick Duluth over Wisconsin. Yeah, you did. But anyone else in there? I mean, is there anyone else who could maybe just sneak up there? Maybe in Omaha or something like that. Yeah, my feeling is that 
if I were going to pick the teams that I thought in order that I thought might upset, I think it would be, uh, you know, Duluth would be my first choice as a team okay. that I think would upset. I think secondly, um, CC maybe. I, yeah, I would say CC simply because not because I think they're spectacular or anything like that, but I just think the the rivalry factor and and. You know, when you have that kind of bad blood factor against another team, you just don't know. The, the records, like I said, can sort of be thrown out the window to a degree. And um, so, and you know, they, they know each other. So they wouldn't shock me if, if that one – I mean, I, I don't think that Denver's going to lose it, but I think that uh, it wouldn't exactly shock me if CC somehow managed to uh, come out on top on that. Well, it's basically an end of an era coming up, guys. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the whole WCHA coming to an end? Obviously, you know, we, you know, St. Cloud won their first McDonald. It'll be their last. You know, I believe, you know, with us being co-champions, what's that, our 14th? 13th, I think 13th, it is. Or I saw a different write-up saying either and or. Um, it's kind of sad, guys. It's coming to an end. You know, it's we've got this weekend, we've got next weekend, and then after that, you know, the whole world changes for, you know, all basically not just the teams leaving, but all the teams. You know what? Honestly, for me, I have not even really thought much about it. I have not. I really? Guess, I think it's because I've, we've known for so long that this was coming that you've sort of had the time to, you know, prepare yourself and knowing what's, you know, on the horizon. And uh, to me, it's sort of a little bit anticlimactic, you know, that, that, that you know, now the, the regular season's over. And it, maybe it'll be different once they – you know, whoever wins the the Broadmoor Trophy and everything is all said and done, gone. Maybe I'll feel a little different at that moment, but in terms of what we've gotten to this point, I actually haven't really thought a hell of a lot about it. What do you think, Vigo? End of of an era? My favorite weekend of the year is two weeks away, so it's going to be hard to to deal with seeing that go. I mean, for a long time, I loved the quarterfinals of the state hockey tournament, and that was just the, the best day of the year and then this final five came around and uh for the last 10 plus years i think they've had it it's just been the best weekend of college hockey and uh that that will be the the true sign that it's gone i mean when the big 10 holds their conference tournament it's it's going to be tough it definitely won't be the same it will not be the same i mean one of the best things about the final five is that a lot of teams do bring some fans to st paul and that's one of the cool things to see that um, arena and see all those different jerseys there, and see them in the parking lots before the game. It's going to be it's going to be a tough sight to see go. Well, speaking of the Big Ten, uh, they released the Big Ten trophy this past week. Not sure if it's a regular season or playoff. I'm guessing it's regular season. Uh, what do you think of that new trophy, Vigo? It looks I like it's going to be it's going to be something they're going to do each year. It's not going to be a traveling trophy or anything like that. It's going to be new each year. But uh, what do you think? I think it's a pretty sharp-looking trophy. You know, you put it up against some of the trophies, like the Lombardi Trophy, and uh, <laughs> I think it holds its own. It's a it's an impressive-looking piece of hardware. What do you think, Hammy? Did you like the new trophy? Yeah, I mean, it kind of had a little bit of an edge to it. I guess it. Um, I kind of like a little bit of that sleekness instead of you know. I mean, a couple I like the McNaughton is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it. it and I kind of like some of that old-school type of. Uh, of a trophy, but I, you know, it, it kind of had like an edginess to it and it was different. And, uh, I, you know, I don't really care what the trophy necessarily looks. I don't like the Broadmoor. Don't get me wrong. That thing is hideous, but 
Um, yeah, the new Broadmoor is like, pretty bad. Yeah, I like that. I like that fact if we win it, but I don't care as for its aesthetics. You know what I mean? But uh, um, so I, yeah, I mean it's kind of a nice trophy, but I don't really pay a hell of a lot of attention to that unless it's really hideous. Well, I, I don't think you can invent history, so you can't you know bring a McNaughton Cup into the, the league this time. And you know if you can't uh, invent it, you know there's other ways you could go. You could do the Broadmoor. You could do that Cyhawk awful farmer corn tractor <laughs> trophy that that came out. Or you can do something classy, and they did something classy, and and this is a lot better than the DQ Cup, that's for sure. Well, it's uh, wherever it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, new uh, Big Ten trophy is uh, twenty eight and a half inches tall and thirty five pounds. You know, the McNaughton's about almost three feet tall and about forty pounds. So, uh, the new trophy is not exactly small. It's got a good size to it, but. Uh, in the end, it, it really is no McNaughton, and the McNaughton Cup turned 100 years old this year, and uh, it will be definitely missed by uh, you know the teams who've been who have ga- captured it the last 30 years because you know the new WCHA next year, the last team that won it will have been Bowling Green. Hmm. Bowling Green won it three times in a row those three years that. Uh, Michigan Tech moved over to the CCHA in the early 80s. And since then, obviously Michigan Tech hasn't won it. And anyone left that will be in the WCHA hasn't won it. So uh, Bowling Green, three of them in a row. Yikes. That league could be pretty sad next year. Well, it's also a good opportunity for those teams to get a shot to get in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's hard for some of those – middle-of-the-road teams to get it done in the WCHA as it is now. And, you know, it'll be good to have them get a chance to get in. And didn't I see correctly that Lucia has won the McNaughton as a coach more times than anybody else in WCHA history? So I'm uh, well, sure I believe it was little, it seven times? Yeah, so it's a little, probably a little bittersweet for him. He's he's had that cup around, you know, quite a bit over his career. And he won, uh, he won the three, th- three, three, three in a row, season. didn't he? Yeah, at three CC. in a row. His first three years at CC, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, and that first year obviously didn't go so well for him because he still didn't even make the tournament. Yeah. The rules have changed a little bit since then, but uh, all right, what can you do? All right, boys. Any other final thoughts in the weekend of any of the games? I mean, obviously the Gophers they got to come out strong. They can't. Gosh, God forbid they go to a third game because I'm sick of it. <laughs> Hammy, any last thoughts? No, nothing really. I mean, I just think that the the guys just have to take, you know, I mean, now's the time to have that playoff mentality, you know. I mean, you don't want to lose any games, and you, you kind of have to start that somewhere, and now it's playoffs. You, um, they really need to kind of crack down and, and play a little bit more physical and play a little tougher brand of hockey, and I think they've been doing a little more of that in recent weeks, and hopefully, you know, getting a sweep, you know, even though if it's a against Bemidji this last weekend. Hopefully that uh, helps them gain some confidence that they can string along, you know, some, you know, number of victories in a row, and that it'll launch them uh, to some good things. And Vigo, obviously another key, you know, coming into playoff time is that our big guns have to perform. Yeah, I think the big guns had to perform, and, and Bukestad, I think, has had a real good last month of the season. He's just been absolutely dominant in the faceoff circle, He's got it done on the power play. What it is about that shot from that spot that goalies can't stop, I hope doesn't get figured out in the next month. 
and that he keeps uh, hammering away from there. And uh, Nate Schmidt's been playing just tremendous hockey. I think uh, we had that discussion about who would be the, the Hobie Baker candidate for the team, and I think it might be Nate Schmidt. He's just played really, really solidly all year round and uh, gives them offense and defense. Real steady for them. You know, back to that Bukestead thing. One thing I noticed this weekend is that uh, one of those, I think the, the, the go-ahead goal Friday night, it wasn't like a bang-bang play. He stopped the puck and, and then shot it. The goalie had time to get over it. The goalie was waiting for it, and he still well, beat him I mean, up. He, he has, the, in my opinion, the best shot in college hockey. I mean, he's got an NHL, you know, a very good – he's already got a very good NHL shot. You know, I mean, he's just got such size, and he can put so much behind it. And, he, you know, and he's certainly learned from the training that he's got from his uncle and, you know, all the pucks he shot over the years. And so, yeah, he's the kind of guy you can just flat-out beat you because he just puts so much behind it. Quite honestly, you know, I get a little nervous because it seems like every time Eric Howla is off to the side, he's also trying to hit the upper corner, and most of the time – it hits, it hits the glass. It goes out of the zone. That's one frustration I do have with Hollow. Sometimes he, he boy, he tries to pick the corners, and when he misses, it's out the other end. Yeah, well, I have to admit, I'd rather see the guy hit the hit the goalie, and, and you know, it's somewhere rather and hope for a rebound than to try to uh, be too cute with it in those situations. But I, you know, I guess it's just human nature. You're trying to, especially hockey players, they like kind of picking the corners like that. So. What can you do? Yeah, that's always a frustration. Hit the well, damn net. Got to miss the goalie's glove to get it in the corner. So <laughs> Sometimes it's just like you can see past the glove, but you can't see the net. I'm going to predict another goal by Hall this weekend, by the way. I'm yeah, hopefully. Go- I'm just going with it. I thought, I thought his Friday night goal was just beautiful. The way he just caught it in traffic there and turned around and quickly threw a backhand, the goalie just never saw it coming. It just happened so quickly. So I'm hoping more of that from uh, Mr. Hall. So That's going to be interesting to see if he sticks up front in his future because he's, he's really yeah. come along nicely this season. I, I would agree, and, but, but what I really like is that, you know, he's really contributing up there. Maybe not as much in the scoring, but, you know, they're getting pressure. They're getting control. But I like it, you know, if a defenseman goes off on a penalty or something like that or a defenseman steps up in a play, like a Schmidt comes and goes into the zone – I, I'm watching him, and he goes right back and covers that defensive position right away. He doesn't hesitate at all, and I, I think that's one good thing that he has over some of the other forwards who might not think so defensively so quickly as he does. So, all right, boys, final thoughts? Anything? Nope. Time to go work out again, Hammy? No, I'm done. I had to race home for you guys. That's how much I care. <laughs> Remember, you can always uh, check out what Hammy's talking about on his Twitter feed, at Hammy Hockey, and, of course, Vigo, at EVigo. Well, we'll be back next week, and we'll preview the last Final Five ever for our Gophers because, uh, obviously, we think they're going to be there. So, uh. But until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>